Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tall Hungry Girl Talks. Um, today I am interviewing a fifth generation psychic medium. Um, this is a particular area of interest to me because um, of my own intuitive nature, of course, not as much as the woman that I'm about to interview. But as a child, um, I remember my dad said that I came out of the womb, just like looking around at everything. And I, I would say that, um, that has really kind of been the, my life story of just in constant observation and receiving energy and, and different things from the world around me. Um, I think, I, I do think that it's genetic for me. Um, I remember my dad and I were driving, um, I think to Seattle to visit my aunt and he said to hear a lock the door. And I was like, why dad? And you know, I, I argued with him for a little bit and he was like, just lock the door. I locked it. And like 30 seconds later, um, someone tried to get in into our car. And so just like little stories of like that, of that, happening um, over the course of my lifetime. But I think for me, it's hard to differentiate my intuition from fear and just, you know, the small psychic abilities that I have. And so I wanted to talk to an expert and explore her journey and, and what that looks like for her. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe she can teach us how to turn on some of these these abilities in ourselves, because I really do think that everyone has it um, to a degree, um, maybe some less than others. Um, it's just, you know, kind of turning it that on. So without further ado, I will introduce Delisa Hawking. Like I said, she's a fifth generation psychic medium and CEO of Spirit and Spark in Las Vegas. She also has her own live theater show in downtown Las Vegas at Binion's Gambling Hall and Hotel hotel. So if anyone is in Vegas, you must visit her. Um, before she became a nationally recognized psychic medium, she led a very different life as an executive in the casino industry. Through an interesting turn of events one night, her life and path dramatically changed. Um, she's trained with industry superstars such as Tony Robbins, Dr. Brian Weiss, Dr. Bruce Lipton, John Holland, Lee Harris, Hollister Rand, and Dr. Raymond Moody. Welcome, Delisa. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. Yes, me too. <laughs> I've been looking forward to it all week. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so tell me more about how you became a psychic medium and is it hereditary? Yeah, good question. So this was not what I thought I would be doing for a living. I just have to start off by saying that, um, I, I, I don't know that many people that, that know from a very young age that they're going to grow up one day to be a psychic medium. That's going to be their job. There are a few exceptions to that rule, but most of us just kind of figure it out along the way. I was lucky enough to actually be raised in a family that believed in ghosts and communicating with spirit and synchronicities, how everything happens for a reason. And my grandmother and I used to sit around in her living room and she would tell me stories of the spirit that she would see walking across her living room the night before. And so I, I'd wake up in the morning, you know, as a little kid, I'm half terrified and half, you know, excited to hear what grandma has to say. So I sit there and listen to her stories and, and she could see spirit walk across a room literally. So 
psychic gifts, mediumship gifts come in different packages, but she could see what they were wearing, the color of their clothing, um, just as if there was somebody like you or I walking across the room. And so she has many stories she shared with me. And this is on my dad's side of the family. And her and I used to travel together. We were really, really close. And uh, she battled a debilitating disease for most of my life. And towards the end of her lifetime here, I could feel that something was beginning to shift inside of me. You know, the life that I had led just didn't feel like it was lining up anymore. And I went on a trip to New York. The the interesting twist of events that you teased in the intro. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. And that's when everything changed for me. Do you want me to get into that story? Yes. A bit? Yes. No, I want you to tell all of it because I was absolutely fascinated by it. And I think it's really interesting. Perfect. So I was uh, in Texas. I was working at a conservative university at their business school. I had the privilege of going around the country and planning events. And I was also running a company that I had started called Love Frog Kisser. And it was um, all about singles events and connecting singles more consciously because I knew that there was more than, you know, meets the eye with dating apps and things like that. So I was trying to get people to connect. So here I was minding my own business <laughs> and I heard about a workshop that was taking place in New York at the Omega Institute. And if anybody listening to this podcast is interested in spirituality, I'd highly recommend looking up the Omega Institute in New York. They host a variety of classes, the beautiful campus, and I'd never been up, up there and it had been on my bucket list for some years. And I, I need to try that. Hosting. I need to go there. Oh my gosh. It's yes. Amazing. It's incredible. Um, they've got like a summer season, so you have to check it out. They have classes, um, sometimes in New York, sometimes in Costa Rica. Um, and so there was a workshop on synchronicity about how everything is intended the way that it's supposed to be. There are no accidents in life. And I'd always been curious about it. And, uh, I went last minute, called them up and they said, yeah, we have a spot. I booked a flight, found the cheapest flight you could possibly imagine from Texas to New York. It was like $150. On spirit. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> no, actually, an American. Oh. Like, it, was, it was unreal. <laughs> so um, everything, like, stars aligned. And I'm, I'm talking to a mentor one day of mine, and she said, oh, do you know that Peter has a house up there by the Omega Institute? And Peter was... Um, a consultant on a project that I'd worked on at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, so a hotel project. I opened that in Las Vegas on the Strip. And so I'm like, oh, how funny, a workshop on synchronicity. Peter's got a house next door. Like, sure, this is all going to be fun. <laughs> so I, I get a hold of Peter, and Peter's like, yeah, sure, stay at my house. Um, you can stay at my house the, before your workshop starts, and then you can stay with me the, the night it ends, and then you can head back to Texas. Perfect. So... Peter says, uh, well, you're never going to find my house. It's dark, you know, so he, this is the beginning of the trip. So he leads me, meets me on the side of the road off of the, the bypass. And uh, I follow him in complete darkness to his house in the middle of the woods. <laughs> and we, Sounds we safe. show up. The funny thing about Peter, I have to throw this in because it adds a little spark to the, the synchronicity story. So Peter was also not only a consultant that I had worked with, he had designed the logo for Love Frog Kisser for the dating company that I'd owned at that time. So he like hand sketched this frog and everything. So he meets me at the bypass 
I, I follow him into the house and it's pitch black. And he says, hold on, Delisa, I'm going to go turn a light on. So I'm like struggling getting my, my suitcase out of the trunk. And I hear Peter go, oh my God. I'm like, what, what? <laughs> and he's like, Delisa, you're not going to believe this. There's a giant frog sitting on my doorstep. Oh and my. he goes, I've had this house for 25 years. I've never seen a frog out here. But of course, the moment you show up in the driveway, here's the frog. <laughs> so this is like how this whole Oh, I love this story. <laughs> yeah. This so is... I go to my workshop. I have an amazing time. There's all kinds of synchronicities that happen at the actual workshop. And Peter texts me on the last day and he says, Hey, do you mind going by the bookstore? Um, I want you to get a meditation chair. Like, oh, sure. No problem. So I go to the bookstore, get his meditation chair, and off I go. And I go meet up with him and his partner. And, and we end up staying, you know, at his house that night. And uh, we're in the living room watching a movie, Saved by the Bell, the unauthorized movie, in case anyone's um, wondering. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. Yes. Um, so we're sitting there watching the movie, and Peter gets a call. And it is from a relative letting him know that his aunt, who is very close with, had unexpectedly died. She'd fallen down a flight of stairs. Um, and so it came as a complete shock to the family and to Peter, of course. And so I give Peter my condolences. Uh, you know, it was pretty late at that point. So I go to the guest bedroom. He goes upstairs. And I go to sleep. And it wasn't until the next morning that I realized in that in-between state of dreaming and awake that Peter's aunt had actually come through to me while I was sleeping to let him know um, that she had made it to the other side and she wanted me to pass along to him, um, that she's okay, that she had made it. And I sat there in bed for a moment and I, I remember vividly the image of her burned into my mind. I didn't know her. I'd never seen a photo of her. Um, really I'd just been around when that phone call came through. And so I go into the kitchen, Peter was luckily very open-minded and, uh, he said, well, she came to you when you were sleeping. I said, I, she did. She wants you to know she's okay. She made it to the other side. And he, his straight face, as Peter would, looks at me and goes, well, what did she look like? And in that moment, I now look back and realize I was being tested. My very first test yes. was like a medium. Mm-hmm. And I describe her. I describe her hair, her facial features. Um, and he goes, yeah, you know, that's what she looks like. And so... <laughs> I fly back to Texas wow. and I'm like, what just happened to me? Yeah. And I, I immediately kind of do flashbacks to my grandmother and sitting her, in her living room and remembering all these stories that she told me. And now this is actually happening to me. And so I had lunch with a friend a couple of days later and I was telling her that Peter loved his new meditation chair and his cat loved sitting on it. Oh, Peter sent me a picture. Let me show it to you. And I opened my phone to show my friend the picture of Peter's cat on his new meditation chair. And I immediately go into shock. Um, my eyes fill with tears. And I realized in that moment that Peter had actually sent me a photo as I was having lunch with my friend. And it was a photo of his aunt from her memorial service that had taken place that very day. And it was exactly how she had come to me a couple of nights before. And so here I am with my eyes filled with tears at lunch realizing the magnitude of what had happened to me and the message, the profound message that came forward because of the bond of love that yeah. Peter and his aunt had experienced. So I just started testing it after that. And one thing led to another and and now here we are. <laughs> yes. So do you think because of your grandmother and because I think sometimes when you're raised with 
like that it's okay to interpret certain things in a certain way because I think sometimes like people other people may get these dreams but they may not know what to make of it and so it's like you were raised to to be able to understand that it meant something do you think your your you know your grandmother's presence in your life helped with that to for you to understand that this is you know this is a gift of what you were saying oh for sure hands down i think having a family that was so open minded and talked to me about these things for so many years I knew what to do with it. And I also feel like I was gifted this ability in order to help other people open up their own awareness. I don't think you have to be born into a family like mine in order to really harness these abilities and tap into your own intuition. So I think it's part of what I signed up to do in this lifetime. I feel like as I look back on my life, nothing was wasted. You know, now I have this live audience show in Las Vegas. And I look back and I'm like, thank God my parents had me in acting lessons and, and doing dance and improv because now I know how to carry myself on a stage. Uh, I mean, there are so many examples of things I can point to that now I know that they were preparing me for this. I just didn't realize it at the time. But yeah, I feel like anybody can really tap into this ability and, and do it for themselves. I don't think it's unique to me or to those, you know, people that have these authentic abilities. So how do you, how do you suggest that one do that? Like we had talked, um, before about, you know, meditation. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you suggest? I think meditation is like the low hanging fruit. Okay. Uh, that is the easiest barrier, um, to help break down self-sabotaging beliefs or patterns that are holding you back. I love the Calm app. I know there's Insight Timer. There's a few others. Heck, there's even, you know, videos on YouTube for meditation. I have a YouTube channel that I do meditations and things on for people. So you don't have to uh, go an expensive route. You can just go on YouTube and type in guided meditation for intuition, guided meditation for sleep. You know, you fill in the blank with what it is that you're looking for, but there's a guided meditation, I promise you, for anything under the sun that you're experiencing in your life or things that you want to try and enhance. But meditation for me was a huge turning point. I always give a shout out to Sacred Acoustics. I'm not represented by them. I, I'm not a spokesperson, but Sacred Acoustics, um, it's sacredacoustics.com for anybody that wants to look them up. I really had a profound experience with their meditations. And they are to this day what I use when I want to go into deep channeling. Mm-hmm. And you wear headphones as you listen to it, and there's a different frequency and vibration going into your right ear versus your left ear. And I have found that with a 20-minute meditation that I have a deeper sense of clarity and direction than I do before I go into that meditation. Um, last time I checked, they do have a free um, 20-minute meditation they'll send you if you put your name on their email list. but. And is that because it stills your mind or why, why do you think that meditation is so helpful? It adjusts your brainwaves. Uh, so it takes your brainwaves to a different state of, of consciousness of being so that you as your human self and your, your ego and, and, and things that you're battling with during the day can really kind of step out of the way. Yeah. It's intended to really get you to put your to-do list aside and just focus and be in tune with your breath for even a couple of minutes. You don't have to start with 20 minutes. 
I tell my clients, even if you set your timer for two minutes and you put on some music and you close your eyes, instrumental music is best, um, close your eyes for two minutes and just focus on how your breath feels going in and out of your body and then work your way up. Maybe the next day you do two minutes and 30 seconds and then three minutes. You don't have to just dive off of the cliff. You can take it piece by piece because even those two minutes are going to help you to start to get out of your own way. Okay. And so, so there's meditation. Do you have other suggestions for, for things that people um, can do to be more receptive to those type of signals from the universe? Yes, we have to get out of our own way. Um, so any way that gets you loving on yourself more and feeling confident and secure with the ability to do it, that will make a big difference. Setting your intention in your mind that you are able to be a conduit for spirit, for information, that is one of the biggest hurdles I've found. And I teach psychic development. I have uh, online classes for it. I find that my students, the biggest struggle that they have in the beginning is getting out of their own way. Either they don't think that they're worthy of getting information from the universe, they, or they doubt themselves. They think that, oh, well, if this is what they're bringing me, what if it's wrong? And, and so really, it's, it's all of our own crap yeah. that, we, that we believe. Um, like check your ego. Ourselves. Yeah, good and yes. bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just would encourage people, you know, whether it's through me or other teachers, there's a lot of online classes that you can take. Uh, I would encourage find a class that you that sounds interesting that you want to do and test it. You know, the reason why I'm where I'm at today is because I got on that plane and flew back to Texas and said, huh, I wonder if I could do that again. So you've got to have some curiosity around it. You also have to understand the energy frequencies that you're working with. There are ways to really boost your frequency. I use therapeutic grade oils. Uh, I use it on stage as well um, in my live show. And oils like Valor for Courage uh, helps to break down any barriers. Myrrh, which if you study the Bible uh, or read different passages, myrrh is talked about a lot. Um, And myrrh for me really helps to connect me to God's source energy. Uh, so oils have been a huge release for me whenever I feel like I'm starting to get in my own way. And I actually have a class on intuition and manifestation that talks about those rituals. So yes. There's, it, a, there's a few things. Yeah. So th- yeah, that brings me next to intuition because I think that, um, I don't know. I always predict like pregnancies and when people are going to get engaged and just like random stuff. But I don't think of myself as a psychic. I always say I'm intuitive. Um, And I think that people sometimes have difficulty understanding um, intuition and psychic mediums and stuff because you can't, there's no scientific, you know, evidence sometimes, but like the dictionary defines intuition as the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning. Like if you think of someone, you, you can feel when someone is staring at you. Like, I think that that is a universal thing that like most humans can usually feel if someone is staring at them. Um, and so to me, that's, that's, that's kind of using your intuition. That's like energy and stuff. Um, but you know, it is, is, um, trying it's, if someone doesn't feel intuitive, what do you do that they 
what do you suggest that they do to tap into their intuition? Is that the same that you, you would suggest for like the psychic stuff or is it something different? It would actually be along the same lines as psychic abilities and, and raising that awareness. It's all like a sliding scale. Mm-hmm. So intuition is like that gut feeling. Psychic awareness and abilities is actually being a receptor, a, con- a conductor for information. Um, so it's all kind of on the sliding scale. So you start and what's with a medium? Trusting your gut. What? Yeah, so medium is uh, communicating with people that have crossed over, okay. passed away. Okay, just uh, for clarity. Psychic is somebody that, yeah, and psychic is somebody who is going to give you insight on your past, present, or future. Okay. So what's interesting to note is not all psychics are mediums, but all mediums are psychics. So it goes back to that scale. So in your mind, if you can kind of imagine your gut feeling intuition, like clear on the left-hand side, and then God, source, universe, energy, clear on the right-hand side. You've got to imagine that psychic abilities are kind of in the middle of that frequency scale, and the mediumship is higher than that. Mm -hmm. So in order to be an effective medium and communicate with loved ones on the other side, you actually have to raise your frequency so high that you can essentially get close enough to the energy of the other side in order to communicate with them. You kind of have to meet your loved ones on the other side in the middle somewhere. Um, and so that's, that's really where that scale comes in that frequency scale. So being a psychic to me, uh, the, that energy feels a lot faster, a lot quicker. So when it comes in and I'm getting downloads and information for a client, it just feels fast and fluid where mediumship, I did a mediumship circle the other night and there were 10 family members sitting around in a circle as I went into a light trance state and started talking to their loved one. And that feels more dense, a little heavier. And depending on how that person passed away or the messages that they're trying to communicate, the emotion can range from pure joy and love all the way to forgiveness and shame and talking about how they passed and and wanting loved ones to understand that. So mediumship is definitely a heavier energy to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um. Gosh, I'm trying to think of which which question. I want to explore how do you separate intuition from anxiety or fear? But I think first I'm I'm interested in knowing like the process of you receiving these signs and and how like how it feels um and how you interpret them. Like do you some people say they see color or numbers and you know you learn to interpret it, but how do you and how what what do you see when you're getting um I guess, communications. Right. So I am a clairvoyant, clairaudient, and clairsentient primarily. Uh, Gifts and information have come through other ways as well, but I will usually see things as signs, symbols, or short movie clips. I will hear words and phrases generally through my right ear, and I will get physical confirmations in my body. For example, there was a spirit I was communicating on behalf of uh, not too long ago And during the session, I could feel myself gasp for air. And I I knew nothing about this spirit. I knew nothing about the people that I was doing the session for. Um, But this young man had started to describe these sensations by actually having me feel them myself on how he passed away. And by doing that, I could effectively communicate what was coming forward. And his family knew without a doubt that it was him stepping forward just by the amount of detail I've had a few instances where I will smell something. 
Um, but usually the smell is either if that person will um, resonate with a scent that their loved one had, a perfume maybe that they wore. Um, there was one particular story where uh, there was a cat who had died and that cat actually had me smell popcorn and then the cat showed up and I'm like, what in the, Oh, I cannot say this out loud, you know? And so, and I end up just telling the person I was actually at a, at a house doing a, a group reading for a bunch of girlfriends that were together. And I started talking about popcorn and this cat and these two sisters started crying and it turned out that one of them, uh, their popcorn machine had lit on fire and burned their house down and their cat died. So oh my like, goodness. who am I to judge yeah. what spirit is trying to get me to communicate? So I made them, a, my spirit team, angel spirit guides, I made them a promise that no matter what they showed me, that I knew that that was a message that I had to say out loud, even if in that moment the client doesn't completely understand what it means. It's my job to say it, um, and and that's my that's my responsibility. Yeah. So, what happens when you get like really difficult messages? Like, do you tell the person? Because I know that one of the fears that people have um, in going to a psychic. I mean, I I go to them, and so I I don't really have fears around that, um, but some people are like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to mess with the universe, you know, whatever. Um, because they're scared about maybe getting a bad reading. Um, like how do you, how do you, um, manage this process and what do you tell a person? It's a great question. I have people that, you know, don't want to hear bad stuff. And I understand that the way that I set up my sessions and every psychic or every medium is going to be different. So those people that are listening, if you do want to get a reading, you may want to ask before you go in for a session, whether it's in person or over the phone, you really need to ask them, you know, do you give me all information? It's a very valid question because I set my readings so that spirit only shows me what's in the highest and best interest of someone. It doesn't mean they're not going to tell me things that are difficult to talk about. It just means that they're going to bring forward information that is supposed to be talked about during that session so that I can help them to see the pathway and give them clarity that's going to be helpful for them in their life. Every message I bring through, there's always going to be something uplifting or positive or trying to get them to see their true potential, their worthiness, that they're loved. Um, so my readings are really high vibration where you leave the session feeling really good about what you received, even if it wasn't maybe exactly what you wanted to hear. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, most people know what they're supposed to do. And sometimes they just want to talk to a psychic to get confirmation. Yes. Yeah. So I, I would a hundred percent agree. I know that like my, one of my girlfriends had gone to one and she wants to get married. And the psychic told her that she didn't see herself get, she didn't see her getting married, which was really upsetting to her. Um, and I was like, Oh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily like take everything. Um, I do think that some things are free will. So that, you know, brings me to ask you, like, how much of your life do you think is free will and how much is destiny? So it's like, if you get a message that you don't think a person is going to get married, like, 
I feel like that's something you can kind of change and <laughs> I don't know, just, you know, decide if you want to, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? I do. I think it's a blend between free will and destiny. I think there are some plot points in your life that have been written before you got here that are intended for your, your biggest growth opportunities while you are in this lifetime. I think a lot of the other stuff is kind of wiggle room on how you get there. Um, and so if that person were to come to me and say, you know, am I going to get married? You know, and I have that question from people. And the first thing that I'm seeing, you know, as a person might sit down might be a no, but because I think that if the energy today says, no, she's not going to get married, there's a reason why that energy is blocked. It doesn't mean she can't get married. But I would look at it from an energy perspective of, you know, why is it that you don't want to be married? Or why do you feel like you haven't completely healed your heart from these past wounds? So it becomes a more in-depth conversation about energy and what vibration they are putting out. Because In I the current state, that, right? Yeah, it, cause right? Because it's current energy, yeah. right? It's, yeah. Right. And so if she wanted to get married... I do believe that there is a way to work with her to adjust the frequency and get right with her own belief patterns so that she can actually attract that person into your life. It's all a force field. It's all about manifesting, which is a subject I love to teach because I believe that you can change your frequency and you can actually reprogram the GPS of where you are asking the universe to align with you to bring you what it is you desire most of the time, it's only because we are in our own way. So I would, I would tell your friend to listen to this episode and take a deep breath. <laughs> I will. She'll be so happy because, that I asked. <laughs> yeah, because it's not, it's not set in stone. I think that this is just something that she would have to work through energetically to release any of those old programs or beliefs. Yeah. So in, so this, this is really a self-serving question that I mentioned earlier is for me, I'm, you know, a naturally anxious person, but I also am a very intuitive person, but I oftentimes have trouble differentiating between what is my fear and what is my intuition? Because I also, things also come to me in dreams. Um, but I have a lot of dreams too, but sometimes they're very accurate. Sometimes they're just insane. So how do you differentiate between what can feel like just like a junked up energy that you're getting? Right. I think as long as you are being mindful daily of clearing your energy, then I believe that what is coming forward to you is intended to be a message for you to look at and decide what you want to do with that information. But if you are an empath, which a lot of people are, um, an empath would be, you know, feeling other people's emotions. It could be that you're standing in a, in a room at a party and somebody walks in and you can feel what that person is feeling. Yes. That would be empathic. Yeah. That happens to me right. every single day of my life. <laughs> which is a psychic gift. Or that's an ability. And so with that, though, you have to make sure you are clearing your own energy that way you know anything that's coming forward is actually intended for you, not for other energies of other people you've picked up along the way. I mean, you could pick up somebody's energy at a gas station and you're minding your own business, pumping your gas, and the person at the pump over could be going through something horrifying and now that energy is, is connected to you. And then you go home that night and you're like, why do I feel like I'm anxiety-ridden? 
you know, what happened to me? And it could literally be that somebody's energy has attached to yours. I think people that have these abilities and strong intuition and are empathic have a bright light. And so spirits and energies that are attached to these other people see these bright lights and go, ooh, I'm going to latch on to that. I want to feed on that for a little while. So you really have to make sure you're clearing your energy. I take almost daily Epsom or Himalayan salt baths. I've started doing that. Asking. Yeah. yeah. So that will work wonders with clearing your energy. Um, there are a couple of oils that I use. Release is one. It's a blend. Um, but I use it to release any energy that's not mine. Um, purification is another oil that can be used for that. Um, and then, you know, uh, doing your meditations. But asking, asking your angels to help clear your energy is a huge thing. Because angels will not interfere with your free will. You actually have to ask them for what you need help with. So don't assume, even if you believe in angels on the other side, don't assume they're just helping you because they're being nice. They actually don't want to interfere with your lessons and your growth that you need to learn in this lifetime. So if there is something you want their help with, you have to specifically ask them. And so I ask Archangel Michael, to remove and cut any cords or energy that do not belong to me and that are not in my highest and best interest. And that is the simple prayer that I say to allow that energy to be released. Got it. Okay. I will have to start, start practicing that. Um, so I often feel like my grandmother and, and my aunt are protecting me. Everyone always said that I looked like my aunt Janie and kind of have her a similar spirit. How does one know if their loved one is giving them signs or if, if they're protecting them or do you ever really know? It's just kind of like, Oh, a nice thing to like maybe think and ponder. And it doesn't really matter if they are, or they aren't, you can just believe it either way. Yeah. I feel that loved ones are always around us. I do feel though that they have to go and learn their own lessons on the other side just because they've passed away doesn't mean that they don't have things that they're still working on within themselves and their spirit. Um, but I do believe that they are around and they can hear us talking to them. So it's important that we, that we say the things that we want to say or acknowledge them on their birthdays or maybe the anniversary of their passing. And if there's something special going on in your life, talk to them about it. And one thing you can do is if you have somebody in mind that you really want a sign from, you can just say out loud or to yourself, you know, um, grandma, there's, there's something that I'd really like from you. If there's a way for you just to show me a sign in the coming days or the next few weeks, I'd really appreciate it. And then leave it. Mm -hmm. Like, don't, don't get all like control freak about how they're going to come through or when they're going to come through. Because as I talked about that frequency scale, they have to do a lot of frequency adjustment in order to send you a sign. And so I want you to just set the intention, ask them to show you a sign, and then get the heck out of the way. You know, it could be that they, they used to love butterflies or gardening, and maybe one day, you know, you set the intention, and a couple of days later, you're walking outside, and the butterfly just kind of flies right by you that reminds you of them. Like, it doesn't have to be some profound experience, but... Like light flickering open. or something, you know, yeah. <laughs> that you see in the movies. Be open. Yeah. Be open to how they come through. And, you know, even if you meet somebody at Starbucks in the, in the line and you're like, oh, this would have been somebody my grandma would have loved, you know, so just know that they are working on your behalf. And so set your intention to get out of the way. Okay. 
that's that's a good good message. Um, so just you know, winding down to my last few questions because I know you have you're a busy woman. So um, if someone needs guidance surrounding a big decision like a job, relationship, a business decision, or a move, my dad always says to hear a pray about it and then you know ask the universe for guidance and then kind of, you know, see what happens like over the next few days. And usually, well, he tells me this, he's like, and usually you will get your answer. <laughs> Do you agree with this? For sure. hundred percent. I also have a trick of, you can write it down on a piece of paper, your exact question that you have, and then put it under your pillow as you sleep at night. And that will help your subconscious mind and your energy align uh, to help deliver an answer for you. But again, it's one of those things you got to write the question down and then put it under there and just say to the universe, I know you've got my back and I know you'll lead me the right way. Yeah. So I think it, I mean, really, I think it's like intentionality, right? It's like, okay. Yeah. And that, I think that's like really a good lesson for your entire life across the board, not just as it, um, pertains to intuition and psychic powers and stuff like that. Um, so do you have any, do you ever encounter skeptics and what do you do when you encounter them? I mean, do you even care? <laughs> I was recently interviewed by a local news station out here and they asked me that very question. And I just looked at the journalist straight face and said, no, I don't care. And the reason behind my answer of why I don't care is because no matter what someone thinks about me, it doesn't change anything. Like somebody could be the most diehard skeptic and it wouldn't change my abilities, you know? So people can believe what they want to believe. I just would be hopeful. My wish would be that people would just remain open-hearted and open-minded and to not write me or other authentic psychic mediums off. You know, there are people in this industry that are not authentic and they're not real. And, um, and I acknowledge that totally a hundred percent, but it doesn't mean that I am lumped in with them. You know, there's, there's bad apples in every industry. And so I just encourage people <laughs> to have a very open mind as to what's possible and if they happen to be in Las Vegas, come to the show and, and they can see it live and, and in action. <laughs> yes. Yes. Go to her show in Las Vegas, which is what she's getting ready for right now. So <laughs> I won't hold her up anymore. Um, if I can just get one last question, um, as I say, I won't hold you up and then tell you just one last question. So what would be your top three tips if someone wants to... Um, I guess, just improve their overall awareness. Yeah, remember that they're worthy. I think that would be tip number one. Remember that they are lovable and that no matter what they've been through in their life, no matter what decisions they've made in the past, it doesn't mean that they're less worthy than anyone else of achieving whatever dreams they have in their heart. Um, they're saying tip number two is actually going to be about dreams. Okay, so... <laughs> I love it. um, They are saying that the message I need to bring forward for the listeners is remember that your dreams picked you as much as you picked your dreams. So if you have a dream in your heart that you want to activate, it doesn't matter what that dream is. I want, everyone's got one. 
um, I want you to remember that that dream found you because your dream is asking you to step forward and, and to do it. And it's not time to play it safe. Um, so I wasn't planning on saying that, but that's I think that was, I think that message was directed for me. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, get out of here. Um, I think that was message was for me. (laughs) I I think that dreams come to us as channeled information. And even if you're not open to being a conduit, I think, you know, there are times where you might wake up one morning and go, Oh gosh, I got this really good idea. Mm -hmm. And, and know that that was gifted to you for a reason. And so it's going to be up to you, that free will versus destiny. It's going to be up to you what you choose to do with that dream now. You know, are you going to be one of those people that sits around and says, yeah, 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 one day, one day, one day? Or are you just going to say, you know what, I'm going to do it and let's see what happens. And I would encourage you to be the latter. Um, oh, gosh, I, I would love if people started meditating as a result of this interview or at least gave it a try or, or restarted meditation. Um, I really feel like that is going to be the game changer, especially with how much energy is on the planet right now and how much volatility there is. I think that if every single one of us even spent two minutes a day focusing on our breath and remembering what's possible, it would change, literally change the vibration of the entire earth and not to say it sound like a kumbaya hippie, but it would, <laughs> but go it ahead, would girl. literally, <laughs> yeah, but it would literally change everything because most of the actions that we see on the planet right now are out of fear. And so if we can get out of fear and actually get into a frequency of possibility and hope, that will change the way that people interact, not only with themselves, but with other people as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Those were wonderful tips. You are an absolute gem and a gift. I, I so appreciate um, you coming on. Um, you can find Delisa on Facebook and Instagram at Psychic Delisa or Spirit and Spark. Her name is spelled D-A-L-L-I-S-A. So at Psychic Delisa or at Spirit and Spark. Um, you can find her website at Spirit and Spark. Spark.com. She also has oil and frequency, a uh, six part online masterclass and, um, tickets for her Las Vegas show can be found at binions.com. So is there anything else that, that I missed out on that you wanted to, to tell people where to find you, Delisa? Yeah, did- I think that, I think that that's good. I know I've got lots of <laughs> websites and handles and all that. Um, if people that were listening to this do resonate with the psychic development piece, I do have psychic development levels one and two that are online and, uh, I review the homework and give feedback and tips and everything. So those classes are actually available whenever the student is ready. I feel like the class appears when the student is ready. And so if that resonates, then they can certainly reach out to me. Yeah. Spirit and spark all spelled out.com. Uh, that's where they can find more information. I'd love to hear from your listeners. And I just so appreciate you and, and you taking the time to do this interview with me today. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. And you can find me on tallhungrygirl.com. You can subscribe on Apple podcasts and Spotify rate, um, 
five stars, please (laughs) review, um, all that good stuff. So yes, thank you for joining another episode of tall, hungry girl talks.